Good morning. It's good to see everybody that's here. Hope you've had a blessed week. Uh, just want to welcome you, especially if you're there on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, any of those platforms. Be sure to heart, to like, to share. Uh, get the, that helps to get the word out even more, especially if you comment. Uh, that just lets them know in their algorithms that this is something important that you feel is important uh, that your friends would see. So I encourage you to take the time to do that. Uh, also want to welcome those who are on our phone live streaming. Thank you, thank you for joining with us also. Uh, if you do have access to our church website, we want to encourage you to go to highlandbaptistchurch.com. Under the info tab, you can download the worship bulletin uh, for this week. Lots of upcoming events. Uh, also encourage you to download or share the children's uh, bulletins uh, that go along with the sermon this morning. They're in the window uh, sill to my right. And then also under that info tab is the prayer list. Be sure to get that downloaded also and be praying through uh, those requests uh, that are there. If you're one of our guests, especially a first-time guest, we want to encourage you. There are some bags on the sides of the stage at the doors as you leave this morning. Uh, we want to give you one of those bags as just a way of saying we appreciate you being here this morning. Uh, it's got some gifts in it for you. Uh, it's also got some information about our church, uh, and we just want to welcome you this morning in that special way. So thank you, and Brother Mike, if you'll come. Good morning, all. I know that you've heard uh, Brother Jim a lot of times say when something in Scripture is repeated several times, then there's some importance there. This song this morning has a lot of repeats, so why don't you stand with us and let's sing Alleluia, and it is important, the words that are, that are shown in the song. So, Ms. Pat. Well, this morning you'll notice uh, in your um, 
bulletin, our missionary story uh, of the week is Jared and Jennifer Huntley. They are serving in San Antonio. Uh, today being the day that we honor our veterans, which we'll do in a little while here. Uh, they are serving uh, there after planting a church in Washington, D.C. called Pillar Church, uh, where they engage the military community. In San Antonio, uh, how many of you know what's in San Antonio military-wise? Some of you have been there. <laughs> at the Air Force uh, base there at San Antonio. So uh, that is where Jared and Jennifer are serving, planning churches uh, in military communities there. One of the ways that they've reached out to people in those military co uh, communities uh, is through what they call gospel and grub. So they've gone out into places uh, where uh, there's a lot of foot traffic of people and they are seeking to reach out to those people, praying with individuals, sharing the gospel with them, and then having dinner with them and, and those things. And so uh, just want to encourage you to be praying uh, for them. We also have our Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes uh, that we want to encourage you to be praying for also. We're going to have a special time of prayer next week for those. So we want to encourage you to make sure that you've got your shoebox back to us uh, no later uh, than next Sunday. This is collection week beginning tomorrow. Uh, if you're going to be helping or want to help with uh, putting those in the cartons on those collection days, there is a sign-up sheet down the hall. I believe it's still there, right, Ms. Terry? Yes, so be sure to sign up on that if there's any slots available there uh, for you to help with. And then also... There is a sign-up sheet on the wall outside the offices uh, for our Operation Christmas Child uh, mission opportunity at the Processing Center in Atlanta. We have two dates that we'll be doing uh, this year. One is the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and then a couple of weeks after that uh, we'll be going down in December also. But you can see those dates and times out there. If you want to sign up, we have a slot for eight people for each one of those days. Go ahead and get your name on it before uh, those get filled up. Did we get anything up? Okay. All right. So we do want to recognize our veterans this morning uh, before we have our time of prayer because we want to spend some time in prayer for them. So if you are a veteran here this morning, would you please stand? Seated. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, we want to share with you a brief video uh, about Veterans Day and thanking you for your service. Raise your right hand and repeat after me. I say your name. Do you solemnly swear, swear to support and defend, support defend the Constitution of the United States, States against, all enemies, against all enemies, foreign and domestic, foreign and, domestic and, to true faith, and to bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I, I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of those officers appointed over me according to regulations, regulations. and uniform code of military justice. Uniform code of military justice. So, help me God. so help me God. celebrate 
Veterans Day on the anniversary of the armistice that ended World War I. The armistice that began on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month. The timing of this holiday is quite deliberate in terms of historical fact. But somehow it always seems quite fitting to me that this day comes deep in autumn when the colors are muted and the days seem to invite contemplation. It is, in a way, an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country, in defense of us, in wars far away. The imagination plays a trick. We see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise, but most of them were boys when they died, and they gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. And all we can do is remember. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. In memory of those who gave the last full measure of devotion, may our efforts to achieve lasting peace gain strength. Let us make a vow to our dead. Let us show them by our actions that we understand what they died for. Strengthened by their courage, heartened by their value, and borne by their memory, let us continue to stand for the ideals for which they lived and died. We have three days that our nation has set aside to honor those who have served. One is Memorial Day that recognizes those who have given their lives in that military service. Uh, we also have uh, Armed Forces Day that recognizes those who are currently serving. This holiday of Veterans Day is to remind you of those who are still with us but who served and sacrificed during that time of service. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for them as well as for all of our mission efforts that we're doing. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your presence here with us this morning. And we ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will lead us to bring honor to your name, praise and glory to who you are. And Father, we thank you uh, for the opportunity we have to be involved in all of our mission efforts that we're involved in. Father, I pray that the gospel will continue to go forth around the world uh, and across this nation and even here in our own community as we share the gospel here. Father, I pray your blessings upon all those mission endeavors. Lord, as we have set aside as a nation this day to recognize our veterans who are still with us, who served in those uh, faithful times of service. Father, I pray that uh, you will lay a special blessing upon them. Lord, I know that they have seen things that we will never see. Memories hold on to them in their minds that we will never have. And Father, I just pray that you will give, in, give them in their minds and in their hearts a peace that passes all understanding as they draw close to you. Father, I pray that you will help them to understand and to know in their hearts uh, that even though some of them, when they came back, were not appreciated for what they did, Father, we here today say thank you, and we appreciate all that they have done uh, in giving as, as a sacrifice of themselves in service to our country and to our freedoms. So lay your special blessings upon them in a special way. Lord, bless this service this morning, and we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. Let me just say one more thing uh, before uh, I sit down. I do just want to remind you about your offerings. You know how to do that. It can be in the offering plates down here or online there. Uh, but we do have our angel tree up in the foyer out here. If you want to participate in that, I think we have 30 uh, of the angels that are out there. What we ask you to do, so listen, if you want to do this, I'll give you some instructions. And I'll be out there this morning to help you if you forget all that by the time you get out there. Uh, you just want to grab one of these off of the tree. Uh, on, there's a piece of paper on both sides. There's one side that says name and number. That's for you to fill in your name and to put the number there that is on the other side on that card. Uh, it tells you right underneath it what to do there. So just read what it says and you'll see what to do there. You will peel that one off and place it in the basket that's on the table out there. And when you do, we want to encourage you to pick up one of these gift bags to bring your gifts uh, back in. They are also out there at the tree. Then you're going to take this angel home with the gifts that are listed on the other side, the child's age, the gender, uh, whether they're um, white, African-American, or, or some other nationality, what their ages are, what their uh, interests are uh, of their special gifts. Uh, you will take this angel home. The angel is yours. Thank you for uh, helping us with the angel tree uh, ministry. You will take the little sticker, off, the little piece off that has that shoe size, the clothes size, and you will place that on this gift bag when you bring that back. So we'll know that you brought yours back. You forget all that, there is a little sign that's out there on the table if I'm not there. It tells you, pick it up, read it. The cards on both sides will tell you what to do. I'll be out there, so hopefully we'll be able to all figure out what you're supposed to do with those. So thank you. Thank you for procedures. Join us now as we sing My Faith Looks Up to Thee, 416. Children's Church will be gathering during this hymn over by the piano. And please stand with us now as we sing 485. Can't sit with this song. Stand up, stand up to Jesus. <coughs>
Well, take your Bibles, if you will, this morning and turn to Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 15 and verse 42 down through verse 47. I've entitled this message this morning, Courageous Commitment. Uh, as we've already said with our veterans, we've seen the examples of that courageous commitment uh, in their lives. But as we come to this passage this morning, we're going to look first here at verse 42 and verse 43 in Mark chapter 15. So if you would, let's stand as we read God's Word in honor of His Word. <clears throat> and when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation... That is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you once again in prayer, we ask, Heavenly Father, that your word will go forth into our hearts and our lives, that if there are any who are watching online or any who are present here this morning who have never trusted by faith in Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, may they hear the gospel message in this passage this morning. But, Father, especially for those of us who have already made that decision in our hearts and our lives, that, Lord, there, we know that life uh, gets discouraging at times. We, we find ourselves uh, facing sometimes disappointments and, and, dis and depression. Father, I pray that as we come to those times of discouragement, may you renew our courage and our strength in you. So use this passage, Lord, and the message here this morning to encourage us to live a life of courageous commitment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. You know, as we come to this passage in the Gospel of Mark, we all understand the importance of the cross. We've looked at the details of Jesus' death. We're familiar with the explanation of, uh, of the meaning of the cross, all those that are given in the Gospels. Uh, we're very familiar with the importance of the cross, the priority of the cross, the wonder of the cross, and the miraculous nature of the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we're also very well aware of the resurrection, even though we've not gotten there yet in our walk through the life uh, of Jesus. We're going to be getting there very soon. Uh, but we understand the resurrection of Christ in all of its uh, implications, all of its facets. We uh, understand its miraculous nature. We understand its massive and eternal implications. These are two very significant marks in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. But there is another event in the middle of those two things between the cross and the resurrection that is equally monumental, although many times we just overlook it. Uh, it's the burial of Jesus Christ. Because maybe you've never thought about that. Maybe you've never even taken time <clears throat> to consider the significance of the burial uh, of Christ. It had human elements, but it was no less supernatural than the resurrection. Uh, and this is an amazing supernatural, divinely orchestrated event. Uh, and, and I mean by that the burial of Jesus Christ. You might even say that when he was buried in the body, he was alive in the spirit, and he basically coordinated his own funeral. Uh, he controlled every detail of his own burial. Uh, the burial of Jesus is, is a strong affirmation of his deity, of his messiahship. It's a strong affirmation of the veracity of Scripture, of the deity of Christ, the sovereignty of God, and the purpose of history. And all of that, from the burial of Jesus. But the burial of Jesus also represents a strong picture of courage, a dynamic example for us to follow. In the 14th century, there lived a Christian named uh, Telemachus who he lived in this remote village. He was tending his garden, spending much of, much of his time in prayer. One day, he thought he heard the voice of God tell him to go to Rome. So he obeyed and he set out on foot. Weary weeks later, he arrives in the city at the time of a great festival. This little man, uh, followed, this little monk followed the crowd uh, surging down the streets into the Colosseum. Uh, he saw the gladiators uh, who were standing before the emperor and, and saying, we who are about to die salute you. Uh, then he realized these men were going to fight to the death for the entertainment of the crowd. He cried out, in the midst of all of that, in the name of Christ, stop. 
And as the began, games began, he pushes forward through the crowd, climbs over the wall, drops to the floor of the arena, and when the crowd saw this tiny figure rushing to the gladiators and saying, in the name of Christ, stop, they thought it was all part of, of the entertainment, all part of the show, and they began laughing. But when they realized that it wasn't, their laughter began to turn to anger. As he was pleading with the gladiators to stop, one of them plunged a sword into his body. He fell to the sand. And as he was dying, his last words were, in the name of Christ, stop. Then a strange thing happened. The gladiators stood still. They stood there looking at this tiny figure of a man lying there. A hush fell over the Colosseum. Way up in the upper rows, a man stood up and made his way to the exit. Others began to follow. In dead silence, everyone left the Colosseum. The year was 391 B.C., and that was the last battle to the death between gladiators in the Roman Colosseum. Never again in that great stadium did men kill each other for the entertainment of the crowd, all because of one tiny voice that could hardly be heard above the tumult. One voice, one life that spoke the truth in God's name. That story illustrates the power of one person when they courageously take their stand for the Lord Jesus. And we see that same sort of courage in the passage before us. In these verses here, Jesus has given his life on the cross at this point. His broken, bloody body hangs lifeless there on the cross. He is dead physically. The crowds depart. His mother Mary and John leave the scene of his death. The soldiers are preparing to leave Calvary. It's a sad scene of death, of pain, and of sorrow. But out of the darkness in that bleak moment at Calvary shines the light of one brave soul. Out of all of the people that had been there, one man was willing to identify himself with the Lord Jesus. This man was willing to claim and to minister to the body of his Lord. It's this man that we want to consider today in this passage, you've heard his name in the verses there in verse 2, Joseph of Arimathea. The bravery of Joseph of Arimathea stands as a challenge to believers throughout the ages. His heroic deeds call to us and, and demand that we take our stand with Jesus as well. So what must we do to have the same kind of courageous commitment that we're going to see here in Joseph of Arimathea. One is this, act quickly. You know, one of the biggest dangers we have to us as believers is we think too much. We start thinking about things and we think, well, here's all the pros and here's all the cons and these cons outweigh the pros over here, so I'm just not going to do it. You know, we think about all the dangers that it might involve for us sharing the gospel or, or whatever the situation might be. You know, the more time we give ourselves to think, we'll talk ourselves out of what God wants us to do. And, and so the need for haste here in this passage was because the, the, the Sabbath was approaching. You see that in verse 42, when the evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath. So uh, for the Jewish culture, the day began at 6 p.m. Uh, and ran until about 6 p.m. The, the following uh, night, that is from sundown to sundown. And, and so strict Jewish law said that once the Sabbath began, no work could be done, including the burial of the dead. So Jesus had died about 3 o'clock. He had died on Friday, the day of preparation for the Sabbath. If anything was to be done with Jesus' body, it had to be done right then. It had to be done immediately and quickly. Only about three hours remained for the work to be done, and then no work could be done. If, if they didn't do something, the Romans, they either dumped the bodies of the crucified criminals in the trash heaps or left the bodies hanging upon the cross for the vultures and the animals to consume. The latter would serve as an example uh, to, to others uh, of criminal punishment to the public. 
So if Jesus' body wasn't removed quickly within these three hours, the fate of his body was set. And so the Romans, they wouldn't care what happened to him. And no Jew could remove him until the Sabbath was over. And so Joseph of Arimathea acts quickly. If we're going to live a courageous, committed life to Jesus Christ, when the Lord lays things upon our hearts, when the Lord shows us in His Word what His will is for us, we must act quickly. Secondly, we must speak boldly. Because notice what happens in verse 43. Courage boldly requested to look after the body uh, of Jesus. So this is a striking picture here. This man, Joseph of Arimathea, he, he stirred to, in his heart to step forward for Jesus. Uh, he sees the situation. He understands what's about to happen. Nobody else does this. Not Jesus' disciples, not Jesus' family. But here's this man, Joseph of Arimathea, who stirred in his heart, and several important facts are given by the gospel writers about him. Every gospel writer mentions him. Uh, he was from Arimathea. Uh, he was now a permanent citizen of Jerusalem. He had bought a tomb in Jerusalem for his burial. He was an honorable counselor, that is, a member of the Sanhedrin. Uh, he was a good and just man. Luke chapter 23 at verse 50 says this, Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man. So remember, it was the council that met to, to decide to, put, to crucify Jesus, to bring him before Pilate. And so he was a part of that group, uh, but we're going to find out some other things about him in that, even though he was a part of that group. He was also a man who waited for the kingdom of God. Uh, and, and that's what it mentions there, that he was a good and righteous man. Uh, he was rich also. Matthew 27, verse 57 says, When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who also was a disciple of Jesus. Now, what we understand about Joseph of Arimathea is he was what we might call a secret disciple. He wasn't one who was always out there in the front. Nobody even knew much about Joseph of Arimathea loving Jesus and, and being a disciple of Jesus until he steps forward here to claim the body of Jesus. We find out in Luke 23, verse 51, that when they held that council, he didn't vote for Jesus' death in the Sanhedrin. So Luke 23, verse 51 says, He had not consented to their decision and action, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. So even there he began to have courage and to step forward as a disciple. Uh, he, he, yet he feared his fellow Jews. John 19 and verse 38 in John's gospel says, After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of the Jews asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission, so he came and took his body. It was this last fact that revealed a marked change in Joseph. Up until the death of Jesus, he had been a disciple, but he had been much like a secret disciple. And so we find in verse 43 of the passage we're looking at here in John chapter 15, He's a respected member of the council who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God. And notice this phrase that's right before he goes to Pilate. It says he took courage. What he was about to do was a serious thing. He probably had had several meetings with Jesus and had visited Jerusalem, but now after the Lord's death, He's no longer a secret disciple. He becomes bold in standing forth for Jesus. And what we see there when he takes courage is it's a courage that he literally marches in boldly to Pilate and requests permission to look after the body of Jesus. Now, that was a tremendous act of courage because at this point, Pilate was extremely upset. He was fed up with the whole situation. Remember, he had washed his hands of everything. 
He had been forced to give in to the Jewish authorities who were always causing problems for him. He, he, just, he just despised them. Uh, and and he, could, he could react severely and, and cause some serious problems for Joseph, especially since Joseph was one of those leaders of the nation, one of that council. Even though he voted against it, he was still a part of that council. And, and so the thing here that we see about Joseph that turned Joseph from being this secret disciple to a bold disciple seems to be the phenomenal events that surrounded the cross that we've already looked at. The behavior of Jesus from the cross. The words of Jesus from the cross. The darkness that fell over the whole land. The earthquake that happened. The torn veil. When Joseph witnessed all of that, his mind began to connect with the claims uh, of the Old Testament prophecies of the Messiah. And Joseph saw those prophecies being fulfilled in Jesus. And so he steps forward, braves all the risks, and takes his stand for Jesus. What a remarkable courage, a courage that was stirred by the death of Jesus. One of the things that ought to stir courage in the hearts of believers is the cross. I mean, seeing the cross and, and what the cross really means ought to stir any person who's a follower of Jesus to courageously step forward for him. Joseph, he courageously asked for the care of the body of Jesus. Today, the body of Jesus is the church. And, and we ought to boldly step forward and take care of the church, in particular when there are special times of need. But notice, special courage is also needed to step forward and show care. In, in those times, a fresh look at the cross is helpful to us that God can take the picture of the cross and stir our hearts. Paul even said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2, For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul also said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15 about Jesus that He died for all, and that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. And so we ought to act quickly, and we ought to also speak boldly. But then we come to our third point, that we ought to also love everyone. Courage was willing to experience a broken heart and to die for God's cause, for God's plan, for God's purpose. Notice verse 44 and verse 45. So Pilate, he's surprised. He's surprised to hear that he should have already died because usually a person would linger on in death on the cross. But we know uh, that the, 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 the Sabbath was coming quickly Something needed to be done because they wanted the body of Jesus uh, down. And so uh, th they had gone through, the soldiers had, and broken the legs of the other, uh, the other thieves on the cross. But Jesus, when they came to him, he had already given up his life. He had already said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And then he died. And so they plunged that spear into his side and the blood and the water flowed, mingled down. So Pilate was surprised to hear that he had already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. You know, victims, as we said, usually lingered in the exposure to the sun from thirst from the loss of blood, from the scourging and the nail wounds. In fact, victims' legs, as we said, were broken. All indications point to Jesus dying from a broken heart. Because remember, as he's on the cross, he is bearing the weight of sin. He's bearing the weight of your sin and my sin, of all the world's sin. He's bearing that weight of sin. He's bearing the inevitable separation the judgment from God, all of those are, are, are hard things to bear. That weight had begun in the Garden of Gethsemane, and it continued up to the point of his death on the cross. The point is the courage of Jesus. He was willing to bear that terrible sorrow and pain, so much suffering that it would naturally burst his heart and bring death. Just imagine, he did it for us.
The heart of Jesus was broken over sin and over the sinner. He loved the sinner. He loved you. He was always seeking for us and always praying for us and always weeping over the sinner. He ached so much for the sinner to personally know God. He ached so much that he never knew what it was to be free from suffering in heart for the sinner. His hurt was so deep for the sinner that eventually it was the pain of sin and the sinner that crushed his heart. It took an enormous, unswerving courage to bear a broken heart for the sinner. What a lesson for us in courage. The courage to experience the brokenness for sinners around us. The courage to, to be broken in prayer and weeping and seeking. So we must act quickly. We must speak boldly. We must love everyone like Jesus loved others. Joseph of Arimathea loved Jesus. And that's why he asked for the body of Jesus so he could prepare it for its burial. But notice that if we want to have a life that is courageously committed to Jesus Christ, we must also be willing to risk everything. Because courage made an unashamed commitment to Jesus in, in Joseph of Arimathea's life here. Notice verse 46. So Joseph brought a linen shroud... And taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud, and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Now, Joseph personally took down Jesus from the cross, wrapped the linen cloth around him, laid Jesus in his own sepulcher. Uh, Joseph personally took care of Jesus. Now remember, uh, the disciples had fled. They had forsaken Jesus, but Joseph, witnessing those events of the cross, became thoroughly convinced of, of Jesus' Messiahship, <coughs> and he makes this firm commitment to him. Now, it's doubtful that Joseph understood all that was surrounding the cross and all that was about to take place in the resurrection, but nobody did. But he apparently believed and courageously acted on that belief that Jesus is the Messiah. And so he risks the disfavor and, and, the, and the discipline of the Sanhedrin council that he's a part of. <coughs> they were the ruling body who had instigated and condemned Jesus. And Joseph here was a member of that council. There's no question that he is going to face some harsh reactions from some of his fellow Sanhedrin members and from some of his closest friends. And we notice here that Joseph demonstrates a care, even an affection for Jesus. He, he gave by giving his own tomb for the burial of Jesus. Now, this act alone uh, would leave no question about his stand for Jesus, but Joseph... Notice what he does. When he wraps his arms around the body of Jesus, he is touching a dead corpse. And by doing so, he eliminates himself from taking part in the rest of the great Passover feast. And this was never done, even for the most serious reasons. Because Joseph, by handling that body, would be considered defiled for seven days for having come in contact with a dead body. Once defiled, Jewish law forbade a person from taking part in any Jewish ceremonies for that time period. So simply stated, Joseph, who had been a secret disciple, now steps forward making an unashamed commitment to Jesus Christ. Everyone would know when he stepped forward, when he took care of the body of Jesus, they would have known who he really is now. They would know that he had even given his own tomb for Jesus' burial. He was risking his position. He was risking his esteem. He was risking his wealth and even his life by making such a pronounced commitment to the affairs of Jesus. We need the courage spoken of in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. 
The Old Testament says this in Joshua 23 and verse 6, Therefore be very strong to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right hand or to the left. We need that kind of courage. We need the courage of, of Psalm 118 and verse 6 that says, The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? And where does that courage, where does that strength come from? Well, Isaiah tells us in Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 2, he says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. So the courage that's demonstrated here by Joseph of Arimathea is desperately needed in every one of our lives. We need the courage to make an unashamed commitment to Jesus Christ. We need the courage to risk it all for Christ, even if it costs our position, even if it costs our esteem, even if it costs our wealth or even our life. We need the courage to unashamedly care for the body of Christ to care for his church, to care for his work and his affairs. And we need the courage to be an unashamed witness for Jesus Christ, no matter the cost. But here's the final thing I want you to see from Joseph of Arimathea as he stands courageously. Courage takes a public stand by the cross. <coughs> and notice also... Verse 47, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. They saw Joseph bringing the body of Jesus, wrapped in that linen cloth and that linen shroud. They loved Jesus. They felt a deep affection for Jesus. They had a loyalty for Jesus. They didn't understand, but they did love and they did believe. Uh, the men, they may have forsaken Jesus, but not them. They had stood there from the cross from the beginning to the end, despite the danger and possibly the threat of even being arrested as a follower of Jesus. Apparently, they loved and believed so strongly that nothing could have driven them away. What happened seems to be this. Many women followers were present at the cross. And after Jesus died, all but two either returned to their home or, or else escorted Mary, the mother of Jesus, to her residence. These two women who remained behind saw Joseph come to bury Jesus. And they watched, probably even accompanied him so they would know where the Lord was buried. These women had courage, the kind of courage that it takes to stand by the cross. These women, they weren't ashamed to stand by Jesus. They didn't allow the fear of man and what man could do to them to cause them to run away. They didn't allow discouragement to defeat them despite not understanding what was going on. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 tells us, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord nor of me, his prisoner, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Romans 1 verse 16 says, Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So how can we stand courageously? We can have a courageous commitment because in this passage, it's Friday but Sunday's coming. They all thought it was over. They thought that he was finished. Or was he? I know it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. S.M. Lockridge, who lived from 1913 to the year 2000, was a powerful and passionate African-American preacher. He captured so well what happened in a poem that he wrote, what would happen in just a few days with Jesus. Here's what he said. It's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter's asleeping. Judas is betraying. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilate's struggling. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter is denying but they don't know 
Sundays are coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Savior. They robe him in scarlet. They crown him with thorns. But they don't know that Sunday is coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary, his blood dripping, his body stumbling, and his spirit's burden. But you see, it's only Friday because Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning, people are sinning, and evil is grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nail my Savior's hands to the cross. They nail my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raise him up next to two criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something, he said. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know it's only Friday and Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday. But Sunday is coming. It's Friday. The earth trembles. The sky grows dark. My king yields his spirit. It's Friday. All hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered. And Satan's just a laughing. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard. And a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It's only Friday. Sunday is a coming. What a courageous stand Joseph takes. Why does he do that? Because it's Friday. The cross and everything that had happened there changed his life to step out of the shadows into the light to say, here I am. I love Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. I don't care what it costs me. Having a courageous commitment comes from Christ on the cross and the hope of the resurrection. So let me encourage you, act quickly. Speak boldly. Love everyone. Risk everything. And stand courageously for Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the powerful passage between the cross and the resurrection of the burial of Jesus Christ. Prophecies being fulfilled. And yet, Lord, as this is Friday in this passage, Sunday is yet to come. And so, Father, I pray that we as believers here this morning would take courage from your word here, Lord. Courage as Joseph had to step out of the shadows. Lord, to not let fear keep us from telling others about Jesus before it's too late. Father, if that's the very last thing we do with our very last breath, may it be so. But Lord, until then, help us to live faithfully for you. Help us, Lord, to act quickly when you bring those opportunities across our path. And Father, we just ask for your will to be done in our hearts and in our lives. Give us, Lord, that courage we need, that strength we need to be all that we need to be. Lord, thank you for the example of others who have lived courageously for our nation. But Lord, I pray even more than that, that we would live courageously for Jesus Christ. So stir us in our hearts, Lord, to know that as Jesus was hanging there on that cross and his lifeblood ebbed out of him as he gave his spirit into his Father's hands, he did all of that for every person who's here this morning for those who are watching online. So, Lord, if there are those who are under the sound of my voice who have not trusted by faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, may they simply call out to you and say, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I repent of my sin. I turn away from it and I turn to follow you, Jesus. Come into my heart and my life and save me and help me to live for you all the days of my life. Lord, if someone has prayed something like that in their hearts here this morning, may they come forward during this invitation to publicly profess that faith in Christ. Lord, there may be others that you're leading them in their hearts to come and to be a part of this body here at Highland. 
Father, I pray that you will help them to step forward, to come and to follow in obedience to what you're leading them to do in their hearts too. So bless us in this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Brother Mike, come and lead us. Our hymn, if you would, stand and let's sing. Number 282. seated brother steve if you'll come and share our announcements just a few announcements terry stone starts Operation Christmas Child Week of Collection. I am so amazed at the pile we have over here, and I know they're not even all in yet. Um, I have a special request, though. We need anybody that could be available on Monday a week, so we're talking the 20th, starting about 10 o'clock till maybe about 3 in the afternoon. We need some men that can lift boxes. Uh, we're going to have two semi-trucks here, and we're gonna to have to get a whole bunch of boxes <laughs> in the back of that truck. And we just need a lot of help with that. So the sign-up sheet is outside of Pastor Matt's office on the ministry board. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> Brother Matt would like to remind the uh, youth of their fellowship lunch this afternoon at four o'clock in the fellowship hall. And he would like the families to bring desserts. Uh, Brian Tate has asked that uh, we uh, remember him in some prayers for some upcoming appointments and uh, some travels that he'll be having. Uh, 
We want to remember Ryan Purdom and the accident he had with the propane. Uh, he's doing much better, but uh, uh, continue to, uh, to be in prayer for him as he heals. Uh, Michelle Olson is in the hospital with a few issues, but uh, there's hopes that she will go home this afternoon. So continue to remember her. And of course, we want to continue to remember those that have lost loved ones uh, in, uh, in the recent days. Uh, we want to continue to be with Cindy Jordan and the loss of Ken. Cindy's in uh, continuing to do rehab, so be in prayer for her. And of course, for uh, Ken Tatum, uh, be with that family as Ken lost his brother Randy uh, and the funeral was earlier this week. So be with those families. Now, if there's nothing else, we'll go to uh, the Prime Timers is coming Tuesday, so sign up on the, on the bulletin board. You'll join me now. We'll go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious Father, we again do just thank you for the day you've provided us. Thank you, Father, for the love that you've given us, and Father, for just taking care of each and our daily needs. Father, we just ask that you would be with uh, those that we've mentioned on our prayer list, be with each of them and the special needs that they have, and we know, Father, there's others that were not mentioned that have special concerns and procedures and visits and just be with each of those individuals. Father, we do thank you for our veterans and Lord, we just uh, want to give thanks to uh, the sacrifices that uh, they have made throughout their lives and their families and, and we just want to continue to remember each and every one of them. We're grateful, Lord, for our church our pastor and our entire staff and the work that they do. And Father, we're just thankful for all the programs and ministries that we're able to provide. We do ask, Lord, that when we do fall short of your glory, that you would forgive us. Go with us now, Father, throughout this day. All these things we ask in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.